talking about studying about learning about tempering your temper amen you know a couple of weeks ago uh, after our youth camp uh, pastor Ajit was our youth pastor here uh, gave some feedback he said you know one of the one of the sessions we're doing we're talking about discipline and so on and, and boot camp and uh, one of the things he came back with was saying you know uh, it was really surprising that many of the young men reported that one of the biggest struggles is with anger. One of the biggest struggles, the young people, and we were, we were thinking, oh, it would be lust and this and that and stuff like that. But one of the biggest struggles with young people was anger. So that's when I said, okay, I've got to keep that in mind. One Sunday morning, we'll talk about anger. And so we're going to do that this morning, talking about tempering your temper. Now, all of us, I don't think there's any exception here, all of us get angry. I mean, if you don't get angry, this, I think there's some problem there. <laughs> All of us get angry to various levels, you know, various degrees. We do get angry. It's just, it's just us. And I can remember the last time I got angry was the month of May. And, uh, and it was actually one night I had to go pick up Amy. It was 11.30 in the evening. It's not a good time for me. And uh, I was going to Bangalore to the airport. Amy was coming in from Malaysia, going to the airport to pick her up. And you know, Bangalore Airport is so difficult to find a parking spot. And I'm kind of, you know, on the edge of my nerves. You know, I have to be there in time. Don't want to keep Amy waiting. I'm driving into the airport and go one round, no parking spot. And go another round. And then I finally find a car that's kind of pulling out. So I'm waiting in line, waiting for and the car to pull out. So I have to reverse. There's a taxi behind me. So he very nicely reverses, so I reverse, and the car comes out. Something very nice. Now I got a parking spot, praise the Lord. <laughs> and I pull forward to reverse back into that spot. I go forward, and this guy, <laughs> just <laughs> the guy behind me just drives in. I was like, man, that moment, pastor or no pastor, forget it. <laughs> I open the door of my car, I get out. I walk straight to the straight to this taxi, open his passenger door. Now this is, is real life, right? This is not a Hindi movie. <laughs> I open his door and I shout at him in English. I said, I was going to park here. You know, and he responds in Canada. And he says something like, uh, what I understood was, um, you know, we, we, uh, our company has seven parking spots here. Now, you know, I know that that's not possible. This is Bangalore airport, you know. And so I, I tried to say something in Canada, like, show me that you've got these seven spots marked out for your company. And he responds something in Canada, and I, I get so frustrated because I can't fight with him in Canada. So the only thing I know to do is to bang his door as hard as I can. I slam his door, and I walk back to the car. And on the way, an evil thought passes through my mind. You know, I should just reverse real fast into him, smash his car, and go. But the only problem is my car will also be smashed, you know. So, so... If there was any way I could smash this car without getting my car smashed. Okay, so anyway, uh, I drive off and then I start repenting. <laughs> I say, oh God, what am I doing? You know, any church member watching me? <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I was just repenting. I said, God, what did I do? You know, uh, you know, why am I wasting my energy and my, all my thing in something so silly? And, you know, there's no point in me trying to educate him in good manners on parking, you know. He's not going to learn it anyway. And so I just drive off and then I find a spot somewhere else and go. And I'm so feeling so sorry. What am I wasting my time on this? So all of us 
get angry. And, you know, varying levels, varying things that can happen. So we want to spend some time here talking about tempering our temper, how we can, uh, what does the Bible say about anger? How do we uh, deal with anger? What are the root causes of anger? You see, and this morning expect God to do something in our hearts and lives that will change us and, and learn how to use this emotion in a proper manner. So let's start, start talking about understanding anger. The first thing we must understand about anger is this, that anger is a godly emotion. Amen. Anger, let me repeat it. Some of you are looking very strange. Anger is a godly thing. Amen. <laughs> it's a godly emotion. You know, many of us, by default, we think anger is a wicked thing. Anger is not a wicked thing. Why? It's, it's a godly thing because God gets angry. Amen. Throughout the Bible, many places, the Bible says, and the anger of the Lord was kindled, the King James says. It was kindled, it was hot against, it was furious. So anger is a godly thing. It's from God. It's part of God's nature. Amen. I'll give you one verse in case you don't believe me. Exodus chapter 4 and verse 14. Exodus 4, and there are several scriptures on this, but Exodus 4, 14 says, So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. So God was getting angry with Moses because Moses didn't want to go and do what God was telling him to do. So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And like this, there are many, many scriptures where you say God gets angry. God gets angry. And, uh, you know, sometimes we think, well, that's Old Testament. God used to get angry and God doesn't get, ang doesn't get angry anymore. You know, God didn't change over time. God doesn't change. Amen. Malachi 3, God says, I am God, I change not. So the testaments have changed. The grace, uh, we are in a period of grace. But the fact is, God still gets angry. Because he has not changed in who he is, in his nature. He still gets angry at disobedience. He still gets angry over unbelief. He still gets angry about unwillingness of people, to, as in the case of Moses, to do what he was calling him to do. The anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses because Moses saying, God, not me, send somebody else. So anger is a godly emotion. It is God. It's part of the nature of God. And uh, the only thing about God's anger is Psalm 145 and verse 8. I'm just going to run through several scriptures here. Psalm 145 verse 8 says that God is slow to anger. So it's in that one thing that we can outdo God. <laughs> we are quick to anger. But God is slow to anger. It takes a lot of effort for us to get God angry. God is slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. Anger is a godly emotion because even Jesus got angry. Amen. Mark chapter 3 verse 5. You know, Jesus is in the temple. All these Pharisees are around him. All the religious people are around him. And Mark 3 5 says, he became angry with them. Just before he healed the man who had a withered hand, Jesus got angry. And then in John chapter 2, verses 14 through 17, it records this incident when Jesus is going into the temple. And he sees all these people buying and selling in the temple. They're selling cattle and oxen and goats and, 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 and all these birds and money changers. They're all in the temple. And the Bible says that Jesus made a whip. And he went after these people. Now, there isn't too much love and compassion in that, is it? 
I mean, he's going with a whip. I mean, just imagine if you had in your house a picture of Jesus. Most of us have a picture of Jesus. You know, uh, the good shepherd holding sheep, knocking on the door. How about Jesus with a whip? Why not? Because that was very much part of his, what he did. He went in there with a whip and, and the Bible says he turned over the tables and he chased them out. I don't think he went there, I love you. And turned the table over like that. I think it was very forceful. It was, there was a sign that he was upset. He was angry with this thing. He went with a whip. And, and the thing was he drove the people out of the temple. There were other occasions when we can infer that Jesus became angry, although the Bible doesn't explicitly state that. There are many cases where the, Jesus rebuked his disciples. So maybe some, they did something that, that caused them to speak to them very sternly, very angrily, saying, hey, don't do that. Peter, get, be, get thee behind me, Satan. When James and John wanted to call fire down upon the village, uh, Jesus said, you don't know. He rebuked them and said, you don't know what kind of people you are. So many times Jesus rebuked people. So anger is a godly emotion. It's a God-given emotion. You and I have been given, given anger by God. It's a God-given emotion. Anger in, it, in itself is not wrong. It's what we do with it that results in something right or wrong. Amen? In itself, it's not wrong. What we do with it will determine whether it's right or wrong. Now, I've uh, taken a lot of my uh, material this morning from a very good book, and I recommend that to you. It's a uh, book called uh, Getting the Best of Your Anger by Les Carter. A lot of the uh, psychological stuff here on, on, uh, is taken from his book. The scriptures are taken from the Bible. So, um, anger was given by God as part of our emotional <coughs> makeup and also as a tool to be used in our relationships with people. Anger is a part of our emotional makeup because it can be a source of strength. It can be a source of, for self-preservation or for uh, carrying out righteousness or it can be a source of self-worth. So anger, it's part of our emotional makeup. God put it in there, in you and in me. For a constructive, positive experience so that it can be a source of strength for self-preservation or self bring us about a sense of self-worth and so on. Our anger was given to us as a tool in our relationships because when something is wrong in our relationships, anger is an emotional single signal that says, look, something needs to be put in play, corrected here. In our relationships, it's a signal that we say, look, we've got to get something fixed. It can be a positive motivator in giving feedback as to how we can live together more productively. You know, Jesus didn't say, don't get angry. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 5, Matthew 5, 21 and 22, verse of scripture that you use often, Jesus said in verse 22, whoever is angry with his brother without a cause, he's going to be in trouble. So he didn't say, don't get angry. He said, don't be angry without a cause. So he knew that we will get angry when there's a cause. You will get angry. So anger is a godly emotion. It's given to us by God. It's just that we must learn how to handle it, how to channel it and use it. Now let's talk about some reasons why we lose our cool. Why do we lose our cool? Why do we just let 
our anger get the better of us. Here are some reasons. Again, many of these are from his book. Um, and uh, there are about eight, one, eight reasons. I kind of run to them here. For, for some people, anger is a lifestyle of choice. Why do people get angry? One, one reason. For some people, it's a lifestyle of choice. They choose to live that way because of the rewards they derive out of that kind of lifestyle. It gives them a sense of power, a sense of control, a sense of um, uh, uh, an ability to ma manipulate, to intimidate people so that people will give in to what they want to have done. So therefore, they use anger as a way of life. You know, if you contrast the policemen in India and the policemen in the United States, it's not to say, you know, anything, but just, just an example. I often watch police here in Bangalore, you know, somebody does something wrong, immediately, you know, they, they go, I mean, like, excuse me, he's done something wrong, just, you know, talk to him and resolve it. But it's so big drama, you know, big thing. But as opposed to the police in the U.S., if you do something wrong, you're on the side, he just walks up to your car and says, can I see your license? Same thing, both you violated. The way, so the police in the U.S., they know their authority comes from the uniform, whereas here the police, for him, he has to show his authority by throwing this tantrum to show that he has power, to intimidate you. His uniform is not enough. So for some people, anger is a lifestyle of choice. Secondly, uh, uh, why do we lose our cool? Because anger is an emotional reaction that comes when we feel we have been wronged. So when we feel we've been wrong, and maybe we could feel wrong for many reasons. We could feel unappreciated. We could feel that we've been taken for granted. And so when you think you've been taken for granted, you stand up with anger. You're, you're standing up and you're saying, you know, I deserve to be treated correctly. Or uh, we may fe feel helpless. The new kid who goes to school and all the guys are bullying him. He tolerates it on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. When the guy behind him scratches his back, he jumps up. Now he's had it. He says, listen guys, I can stand up for myself. So uh, he gets angry. Why? Because he, it's, it's a situation where it looks like he's helpless. He wants to show he is not. That he's got stuff to stand up. And fight with. Uh, we get angry sometimes when we feel belittled or when we feel, in, we feel insignificant that something happens that doesn't affirm our worth. And all of these are just ways that we feel wrong and then we react this way. Uh, uh, this is an emotional reaction. The interesting thing is this that a person who feels angry under such circumstances is a person who's really exhibiting a positive emotion. It's, it's a really a positive thing. The kid who stands up to say, hey, stop bullying me. It's a positive thing because he is now saying, stop it. So really, all of these, when you're wronged and you have this emotion coming up, it's a positive thing. That say, look, you know, I'm worth something. When people are taking you for granted, when people are not uh, 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 maybe res respecting you or they're causing you to feel insignificant or uh, unappreciated or being treated, uh, no, they're not treating you correctly and you respect the emotion comes up, what is it? It's a positive thing because now it's an indication that you have some self-worth. The problem is this, that while we have this positive emotion, we don't express it correctly. And therefore, it ends up with destructive results. 
Are we understanding this? So while this is a God-given emotion and, 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 and we are responding correctly, uh, we are reacting correctly, it's part of the, our makeup, we don't express it correctly. And so it destroys, it brings a lot of destructiveness. A third reason why we get angry is because anger is born out of dependency. And all of this is from that book. Uh, so I'm not a psychologist, I'm just sharing with you these things here. Anger is born out of dependency. So what happens is we depend on people. The boss depends on his people, staff to get things done. And the husband depends on the wife. The wife depends on the husband. And in all of these different relationships, we are dependent. And we have expectations of certain things to happen. And when that fails, we get angry. When the husband, you know, the wife is expecting husband to show up at 7, he shows up at 9.30. It's angry. Why? Expectation. It's not there. So Amy says, don't tell me what time you're coming home. <laughs> so, uh, so because of this, it leads to anger. We are dependent. We're expecting certain reactions. And the, the thing is, people are not the way we think they should be. And so we get angry. And really, we can solve it if we become, as the, books, as, as the psychologist says, if we become moderately dependent. I mean, you don't depend on them. Moderately, okay. If they fail, it's okay. So a lot of it can be resolved if I become moderately dependent rather than the, to the extent that I am now. Number four, why, why do we get angry or lose our cool? Because anger is born... Are, uh, because one is fighting feelings of inferiority. Many times a person is struggling inside with feelings of inferiority. And then when somebody does something to touch that area of life, make them feel inferior, it comes out. They, no, I am worth something. They're trying to convince themselves and others that they are worth something. But really the root cause is they are fighting feelings of inferiority. Number six, why is anger? Anger is born out of stubbornness. Sometimes we are so rigid in our ways. You know, we say, this is, the way, this is the way only it should be done. And we're not open to others' ideas or different ways of doing things. And when others have different ideas <clears throat> of doing things and they're not willing to, uh, uh, and we are not willing to discuss things with them, what happens? We get angry because we are stubborn. Sometimes anger is born out of guilt. What does it mean? It means maybe I've done something in the past and I'm angry with myself for doing that. And that anger I'm now releasing towards somebody else. The root cause is guilt. I've done things that make me feel angry with my own self. But that anger is coming out to other people. And is expressed in so many ways. Anger is born out of self-centeredness. Everything must revolve around me. And if it doesn't happen that way, then I get angry. And number eight sometimes, and which is the positive thing we see in Jesus is, there is righteous anger. That means there's, there's a stirring up on the inside of you. You get angry with the devil. Or you get angry when people don't believe the word of God or you know, don't respond. It's a righteous thing. Righteous anger. So different reasons why we lose our cool. And uh, psychiatrists, psychologists tell us that there are two types of anger. There is the assertive anger and there is the aggressive anger. The assertive anger is a positive thing. That means you are angry but you're using it in a constructive way. So as a boss, you're expecting people, you're, you know, those who work for you to do certain things a certain way, 
uh, it doesn't come up, then what do you do? Instead of shouting them at the face and saying they're good for nothing, what do you, do? you sit on them and say, okay, listen, let's do it like this. Let's try this out. Correct them. What happened? It's a constructive, it's an assertive anger. You're angry, but you're releasing it in a constructive way to bring about something positive. Aggressive anger is totally different. You're angry, but now what you do, you uh, just release your anger in a verbal abuse or sometimes physical abuse. And you don't care about the feelings and the impact it has on the recipient. That's aggressive anger. And again, uh, uh, psychologists, psychiatrists tell us that in general, people handle anger in three ways. You say, I didn't come for psychology one-on-one. That's okay. I'll get to the word. Don't worry. People express anger in three ways. Or people handle anger in three ways. They either repress it, express it, or release it. So repress or repression of anger. What is it? These are people who are living in denial. They don't want to face up with their own anger. And they they know the negative consequences of anger. So what do they do? They kind of just push it back in their subconscious mind so repress repressing anger is really not a good thing to do because it's living in denial if we ignore it thinking it will go away but really what happens is it's being pushed into our subconscious mind it keeps piling up and one day an explosion takes place and things start flying i'll leave the rest to your imagination the second thing is express it so some The second way people handle anger is to express it. And again, you can express it in an assertive way, which brings about a constructive result. Or you can express it in an aggressive way, which brings about a destructive result. Jesus' expression of anger in the temple was assertive, but brought about a constructive response because then those people stopped coming back to use the temple to do their business. So constructive thing over there. So we express our anger through words or actions. Release it. Releasing anger is different from repressing it. Releasing it is this, that you know you're angry, you recognize your emotion of anger, but then you make a deliberate choice to dismiss it or discard it because you do not see it worthwhile to express it. Example, if that guy in the t- who took my parking space, I just spoke to, if I had spoken to myself, I said, okay, you know, there's plenty of space there, let me just go and get it. There's no point in wasting my time to give him an education in parking manners. Let me just go. God bless him in Jesus' name. What have I done? I will just release it. Yes, I got angry, I got upset because I was going to park there and he took the spot. But then I make a deliberate choice to release that anger. As opposed to repressing it or expressing it, which is what I did. I can say, you know, there's no point trying to teach him a lesson. It's not going to serve anybody's any purpose. And my God is able to meet all my needs. That God will still provide me a parking spot and just bless him and go on. I release my anger. It doesn't affect me. So... Three ways to handle anger. You can repress it, you can express it or release it. Now, what are the results of uncontrolled anger? Just quickly, uh, results of uncontrolled anger. Number one, uncontrolled anger obviously causes a breakdown in relationships. Uncontrolled anger 
causes a breakdown in relationships. The Bible says that of wrath, Proverbs 15 and 18, a wrathful man, an angry man, stirs up strife. An angry man, a wrathful man, stirs up strife. So anger usually results in strife, a breakdown of relationships. These relationships may have taken years to build. And in one moment of anger, you can destroy a relationship that has been built over years. Anger causes breakdown of relationships. Number two, un uncontrolled anger affects our testimony. Just imagine you're in the office and every little thing you get angry. And then you want to tell them about Jesus. God bless you. It just affects our testimony. People will say, well, I don't want that kind of Jesus who cannot help you control your anger. It affects our testimony. Number three, uncontrolled anger affects us. Paul Meyer uh, of Minute Meyer New Life Clinic, he, makes, he states this, the improper handling of anger causes about 95% of psychological depressions. The improper handling of anger causes 95% of psychological depression. People, because they don't know how to handle this anger, go into this. It affects us. The Bible says, again, I'll just quote from the book of Proverbs. Proverbs says, in Proverbs 19 and verse 19, A man of great wrath shall suffer punishment. For if you deliver him, yet you must do it again. Proverbs 19, 19. A man of great anger will suffer punishment. It's going to affect me. And if I don't learn to deal with that anger, what's going to happen? I need help over and over and over again. Because I'm not dealing with a root problem, which is my uncontrolled temper. And obviously, number four, uncontrolled anger affects our relationship with God. Because now... I'm not able to pray. I've done some wrong things. I'm angry. It affects my walk with God. It affects my relationship with God. So now, let's talk about tempering your temper. How do we keep our cool when the heat is on? How do we temper our temper? I just want to share with you four things here, but in the, in the process of sharing four things, there are lots of other sub-things we talk about. Number one is this. Learn to be secure on the inside. Learn to be secure inside. The way a person handles anger is ultimately a reflection of that person's self-image. It is an offshoot of the way people feel about themselves. So the way a person uh, handles anger is an expression of his or her own self-image. If I am secure on the inside then even if people do not appreciate me, even if people do not say good things against me, they could say bad things against me. They could say I'm not worth for anything. It doesn't matter. Because my self-worth is based on me knowing who I am in Christ Jesus. I'm secure on the inside. Amen? So I don't have to react. I don't have to blow up. Say what you want. I know who I am in Christ Jesus, and who I am in Christ is who I really am. Amen? So, even though uh, people may not, you know, my, I'm not, people may not meet my expectations, 
I'm still secure on the inside, so it helps me keep my cool rather than reacting in a negative way. Number two, how do I temper my temper? Open up to God's word and the work of His Holy Spirit. Open up to God's word and the work of His Holy Spirit. I remember when I, was, when I came to the Lord Jesus Christ uh, uh, in my early teens, I had a bad temper. I get angry very easily. I remember just after I came to know the Lord, one of you were playing football in school. This is Bishop Gordon Boys School. And, and uh, you know, I was saved, born again, everything, holy, whatever. But it so happened on that particular day, on that field that day, somebody did something. One of my classes, we were playing football. Somebody did something. I don't know what, he tripped me. or I don't still recall what exactly happened. But on the spur of the moment, the heat of the moment, I turned around and I, with all my strength, kicked him so hard on his back. That's it. And he fell over. Then suddenly I realized, God, what did I do? I'm supposed to be Christian. Something's wrong with me. I'm not able to control this anger. Where did this come from? So then I began to seriously deal with my anger issue and say, you know, I need to handle this. I need to learn to do something. And here's what I did in those days. I used to memorize scripture by writing scripture verses on pieces of cards. Uh, in those days, you could buy scripture verses from navigators. These are sell them in plastic cards. You should buy them. And sometimes you could also write verses on pieces of cards and, uh, and memorize. So I used to do that. And so what did I do? I wrote several scriptures from the book of Proverbs concerning anger. Here are some of them. Proverbs 16, verse 32. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. Better than all the muscles you have. If you can control your temper. Proverbs 19, and verse 11. The discretion of a man deferreth his anger. And it is his glory to pass over a transgression. So at the discretion of a man, a man who is wise, he will defer his anger. He won't just blow up on the spot. But he will, let me sit down and talk about this. He defers his anger. Amen. So I wrote these scriptures and other scriptures on pieces of cards. I would read them over and over again, memorize them. And as that word got into me, it changed me. Amen? And you and I can do the same thing with other scriptures. Just write them down, memorize them, put them in your heart. When the word gets into your heart, it is bound to change you. That's the purpose of the word. And then I began to pray and ask the Holy Spirit. Because Galatians 5, 22-23, the Bible says that temperance or self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. I mean, the Holy Spirit in me will produce this fruit of temperance or self-control. One of the areas that I need to control is this emotion of anger. So I'm going to say, Holy Spirit, please help me in this area. Please deal with me and help me get rid of this anger. And God definitely changed my life and helped me overcome this area of my life. The most satisfying lifestyle is one in which composer prevails. You can choose a lifestyle of calm. doesn't matter what's happening. You're calm. It's not that you don't get angry. You get angry, but you know how to control that emotion. Amen. Number three, dealing with anger. 
We need to eliminate roots of poor character or poor lifestyle. Eliminate roots of poor character or poor lifestyle. In Galatians 5, 19 to 21, talks about wrath or anger as a work of the flesh. So anger, the wrong type of expression of anger, it's a work of the flesh. Meaning it's something that I must not love inside me. So I need to eliminate this. And uh, the, the, the fact is that regardless of what we have gone through in our formative years, maybe, uh, you know, you, your model wasn't good. You were always, you know, uh, you were seeing your grandparents and parents get angry. It's like this, you know, my great-grandfather, somebody might say, you know, my great-grandfather took four, four and a half seconds to get angry. My grandfather took three and a half seconds. My father took two and a half. I'm much better. I take half a second. And whatever it is, We've got roots of anger. It's there inside you. It's in your system. Right from the beginning. Well, the good news is you can get it out by the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's a work of the flesh. And the Holy Spirit helps us eliminate those works of the flesh. So, uh, we must learn to deal with it. The Bible tells us in many places, Ephesians 4.31, for example, it says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger be put away from you. Ephesians 4.31. Let all anger and wrath be put away from you. Same thing repeated in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 8. Put off all these. Top on the list is anger, wrath. Colossians 3 verse 8. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 8 says, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without anger and doubting. See, imagine coming, hallelujah, lifting up holy hands. But the Bible says, lift up holy hands without anger. I cannot contain, should not have anger in my heart towards people. And this is God's standard for the ministry. In Titus chapter 1 and verse 7, the Bible says, A bishop, meaning a spiritual leader, must be blameless as a steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry. Titus chapter 1 verse 7. I remember long, many years ago, I was in, an, in another city, I was going with somebody, and we started talking about a man of God, a very well-known man of God. And uh, we were just talking, I was listening to what he was telling me about him because he was living in that city. And then he said, you know, he's a wonderful minister, etc., etc. But one thing, he's got a very short temper. Very short temper. So that was the reputation he had. Although he was a, you know, a well, worldwide, well-known man of God, people close to him knew. He had a very short temper. One of the prerequisites of being in ministry, Titus 1.7 says, that the man of God must not be soon angry. We've got to deal with it. It's a prerequisite to be a servant of God. So you've got to eliminate roots of poor character and poor lifestyle. Here are some things that we can deal with. For example, we must learn to be tolerant. We must learn to stop being picky and finicky. Stop expecting yourself and others to be perfectionists. The book says there that some of the angriest people in the world are perfectionists. This is not to say that we can become sloppy and tolerate mediocrity. But while we are striving for excellence, we must be tolerant to everyone. Amen. This morning, this happened in Jainagar Church this morning. We just began first song. They put the OHP spelling mistake. Oh, I tell you, I was so upset. 
Okay, I'll let that go. They put the next slide. Again, spelling mistake. Instead of passion, it says patience. Now, this is too much for me. I can understand if it's a sm- small thing, but, you know, we think, you know, I am, what is that, mad song, this mad song, you know, what's that? I will dance, I will sing to be mad for my <laughs> I will dance, I will sing to be mad for my king. Nothing is hindering this passion in my soul. The word passion is P-A-T-I-E-N-C-E. I was like, go, what's going on here? This is supposed to be all people's church, you know. It's supposed to be made. And then foolishness, F-U-L-I-S-H. I said, you know what, first I said, you know, I must defer my anger. So I took out my notes. I was writing notes. Slide one, change he to I. Slide song two, change patience to... <laughs> and then I, I said, man, I have to solve this now. So I went looking for a marker pen and ran straight there, corrected it on the thing. So the point is, you know, uh, uh, you know, we have to be tolerant... But it's not an excuse for mediocrity. You know, I can understand if somebody's doing slides for the first time, they make mistakes. But we've been doing it for five years, at least. And after five years, you still make mistakes. You know, it kind of gets a little out of hand. Anyways, the point is this. We must learn to be tolerant. I didn't like blow up and shout at nor worship it or anybody. Uh, but I just went and corrected it so that people know it's passion, not patience. And it's foolishness, not Something else. Proverbs 14 and verse 17 says, He who is soon angry deals foolishly. And a man of wicked devices is hated. He who is soon angry deals foolishly. If I get angry very fast, I'm going to end up doing something foolish. Proverbs 14, 29 says, He who is slow to anger is of great understanding. But he that is hasty of spirit, exalted folly. He's going to be foolish. So what kind of roots of character can I deal with? One is to learn to be tolerant. We're all striving for excellence, but in the journey we might make mistakes. Let's accept one another that way. Another thing that we must learn to do in terms of character and lifestyle is learn to be level-headed. To be level-headed simply means that we must be open to the ideas of others. While we are looking at things a certain way, others might see it another way. Listen, fine, tell me what you think. Share your opinion. But many times we cut people off. We don't want to listen to their opinion. But they may have a good idea. It may not be the right idea, but it may have a good idea. Listen, okay, share your idea. Be level-headed. But sometimes we are totally focused on just this is the way to do it. If anybody begins to say something, we cut them off. We get angry. We think it's a... A, 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 a judgment on our ability to make decisions. That's not being level-headed. James 1, 19 and 20, the Bible says, Beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man doesn't work the righteousness of God. Be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. So I've got to listen first. Okay, you have some ideas, share. Let's decide, let's discuss. Another area to kind of deal with in, in character and lifestyle issue that helps us uh, uh, root out things is to, is, to, is to learn is not to take life so seriously. You know, I had one pastor actually come to me. I used to be going to Richmond Town Methodist Church those days. And one day in the evening service, the pastor came to me and he said, Ashish, don't take life so seriously. 
profound words. The pastor actually came to me and said, don't take life so seriously. Like I was a teenager. <laughs> and he came and said this, don't take life so seriously. So, you know, we must learn to, I'm preaching this to myself, so if you don't want to hear it, it's okay. <laughs> we must learn to laugh. We must learn to have some fun uh, as we are, you know, going through life. And I think the problem is, is we get so f- uh, serious about life, when anybody laughs, we get angry with them. Because they're enjoying life and we're not enjoying. (laughs) And I think the other thing is this. Our world is so competitive that, you know, if we don't win, we get angry. And we must understand that winning is not everything. You know, there will be times when, you know, you've got to lose. You might have temporary failures. You might have temporary losses. You might have temporary setbacks. Hey, but you can always pick yourself up and go for the goal. Go for the finish line. You may not lose. You may not win this particular one, but you can keep going. So, relax, enjoy life. Another one, again, I'm preaching to myself is don't overload your schedule. I notice from experience that whenever I try to do 32 things in two hours, I'm very irritable. It's like, man, I've got to finish this and I'm just ready to do this. And then somebody comes, comes to the table and says, I want to talk to you. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, please sit down. <laughs> but really, it's like, you know, uh, it's very easy to become irritable and angry when you're working under pressure you squeeze a lot of things in your you know eight to ten hours that you're working you're trying to get them all done now obviously one thing is you can be efficient you can get a lot done if you're efficient you can get a lot done in the same hour but sometimes it's just you know you just hit a limit this is how much you can do psalm 37 verses 7 and 8 says rest in the lord wait patiently for him cease from anger psalm 37 verses 7 and 8 Another character lifestyle issue that we can deal with that will help us, uh, that we need to root out is learning to let go of our rights. You know, sometimes you may have a right to something, but you let go of it. It's okay. You don't always have to have your own rights. You don't always have to have your own way. It's going to help you deal with anger. Four and five quickly. Number four, use your anger responsibly. You know, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 26 and 27 says, Be angry. Hallelujah. It says, Be angry, but sin not. Don't give place to the devil. So you be angry. It's a God-given emotion. Let it come. But, in the way you express it or release it, don't sin and don't open the door to the devil. Amen? Be angry. You're getting rid of anger. How do you get rid of it? Be angry, but don't sin. Express it or release it in a constructive way. And don't sin. Don't open the door to the devil. Use your anger positively. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 9 says, Do not be hasty in your spirit. Or be not hasty in your spirit to be angry. For anger rests in the bosom of fools. You can find strength in your anger and learn to channel it in a positive way. Find strength in your anger. Use it responsibly. You're angry, but use it in the right way. Constructive way. And number five, how do I handle my temper? How do I temper my temper? I think number five, so important is to walk in love. If I'm walking in love with people, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, That love is not irritable. 
Our love does not easily become angry. So when I'm walking in love, it helps me deal with this issue of anger. Amen. So we're going to close this morning. I just want to sum up what we have talked about this morning. I want us to understand that anger really is a godly emotion. Anger in itself is not wrong. It's how we express it, how we release it, it's wrong. That sometimes we go wrong, or rather many times we go wrong in that. It's a God-given emotion. We need to examine our lives, and especially if we are frequently given to anger. I mean, if you, know, you have something here and there, it's okay. But if you're frequently given to anger, we need to examine our lives and say, you know, what is the root cause that's causing me to be frequently angry? That's causing me to lose my cool? Yes, I get angry, but why am I not able to control it? Why am I not able to express it constructively or even release it, which is much better? To just say, okay, yes, I am angry, but Lord, I'm discarding it. There's no point in me even expressing it. Just let it go. I'm not holding it inside me anymore. It's gone. What are the root causes for this? Is it because uh, I'm dependent on people? We are all moderately dependent on each other. We are all dependent on each other, but we must learn to be moderately dependent. That means I'm not, my dependence on you is not everything. Is it because I'm not, in, I'm not secure in who I am in Christ? Am I fighting feelings of inferiority? That's, that's really the issue. I need to build up my self-image in Christ Jesus, in the Word of God. Is it because of my own guilt? I've done stuff in the past. I'm so angry about it with myself. I've not received forgiveness or received that, that complete whole heal, healing from God. I'm so, still angry with myself. Therefore, now I'm angry with others. Is it because of that? Is it because of stubbornness or self-centeredness? Am, am I so stubborn, set in my ways, I'm set in cement? If anybody wants to say anything different, sorry. Is it because I'm self-centered? If things don't go my way, then I get angry. We need to deal with this this morning. The Word of God has come to us. This, and this Word has the power to change our lives. And the Holy Spirit is here to work in us, to change us. We need to open our lives to the Word of God and the Spirit of God and Maybe there are roots of poor character that we need to deal with. Maybe I'm not tolerant to people. Maybe I'm not level-headed. Maybe I'm just, you know, overworking. I'm overloading my schedule. Or maybe I'm not just enjoying life. Maybe I've always insisted on my rights. And these are problems in my character and lifestyle that I need to eliminate. And then I need to pray and say, God, I want to learn to use my anger responsibly. Amen. Let's stand up to our feet, call the worship team up. We're going to take some time to allow God to do something in our hearts this morning.